0: Hi, everyone. It's Marilyn Aloria, psychic medium teacher, coach, host of Who Gonna Be Now? The podcast. And we have a very special episode for you today, so this is going to be a little bit different than what you used to. In this episode, you are going to hear from Lisa Peterson. I invite incredible teachers into Membership for Your Soul to teach expertise that I don't have. And when they come on to membership, I like to do an interview with them so my members get a chance to meet them and greet them. Then they do a class for us, which is incredibly wonderful because people learn about crystals and money and... All sorts of things that, like I said, that, you know, aren't my area. And then um, they get a Q and a with that teacher when that class goes live. So you're going to hear from Lisa Peterson. But I have something special for you, too, at the end of this podcast, a very special reading for you. So before I go into that part, um, you can read about Lisa Peterson at wealthclinic.com. And she has a book called The Mindful Millionaire, The Mindful Millionaire book. And she just does incredible work. I only invite people in who have no ego, who are really nice and kind and smart and are really good at what they do because I can't stand ego. So I that's the type of people I invite in. People that are like, hey, cool, let's share. You know, I like those types. I don't like the, uh, I'm better than you that kind of nonsense. Like, okay. So, so I'm not, I'm giving you this episode because one, this podcast was planned for me to share interviews with you because I do interview a lot of people, a lot of great people, and I want to share them with my community because I think you should get to know them. And I had an interesting thing today. I didn't record an episode today because a full on episode, although you're going to get the reading at the end about rose, tulips, and daisies. I'll tell you about that in a minute. But, um, I'm doing the SAS experience right now. So if you want to read about the SAS experience, it's uh, live right now, but you may be listening. Who knows when you're going to be listening to this. So you can go to joinsass.com, join the wait list, and you'll get a little prize, a little gift in your email for joining the waitlist if you're interested. And um, so anyway, I was doing a live today about uh, soul ignition, lighting the light in your soul. That was today's module. That I was teaching and um, somebody said to me and I said, you know, everybody is gifted. We're all gifted. And this woman commented and she said, I'm so glad you said that I was listening to a medium this morning. And she said that only she had the gifts, like not everybody has the gifts. And I was like, Oh, I hate those frigging people. So those aren't the type of people we invite into our program. We don't invite in people that are going to limit you and tell you that you don't have what they have. We invite in people that say, hey, this is what we know and this is our expertise. Let us teach it to you and see what you do with it. So listen up and listen to Lisa Peterson. And then at the very end, um, I give you a reading. So last episode, I asked you to pick um, a flower and um, you picked a flower and then you're going to get the reading at the very end of this. Do not fast forward because you're going to love Lisa Peterson. You're going to learn a ton from it. And then there may be some music. I don't know how they're going to edit it in. Ricky will take care of that. Thank you, Ricky. Shout out to Ricky and Lynn, and um, you will get your reading. So I will see you on the other side. Well, you'll hear from me in the middle, but then you'll hear from me on the other side. Not the other dimension, the other side of the podcast. Yeah, I'm not ready to go yet. As, As annoyed as I was at Apple today, I'm not ready to go yet. All right, guys, enjoy the interview, and I will talk to you soon. Lisa the guest teacher this month right and we are going to do a Facebook live with you so we'll get all of that going um let me pull up your thing so for those of you who don't know Lisa and I met we think I think it was 90 day year wasn't it yeah like almost five years ago which was like a game changer for me was it a game changer for you
1: definitely Yeah, yeah completely
0: so I want to do an introduction for you because we have people coming, you know, to join membership later on and they go back to the interviews and they watch it. So we want to make sure that they, so I get to say what, who you are and everything. So um, Lisa Peterson, I'm saying your name right, right? Yeah. Great. She uh, t- taught a class in membership. If you guys haven't checked it out already, it's this month. It's Four Steps to Abundance. Um, she also wrote a book called The Mindful Millionaire. And I remember having a conversation with you, Lisa, out in my um, backyard in Sherman Oaks. I think I just like, must have been a homeowner only for a couple of years. So I was in like a lot of anxiety about money. And we had this incredible conversation about money. And it was really, really beneficial. I remember your story with Hawaii. You have an incredible story, actually. So let me continue talking. She's a coach, author, business growth strategist, and founder of Wealth Clinic. She helps people elevate the financial consciousness by realizing their true value, which is so important, and creating financial security for themselves. Lisa Lisa shows you how to identify where you're stuck in repeating negative patterns. So true. So you can break free of limitation and live in your fullest potential. And you can read more about her at wealthclinic.com. And I definitely would go check her stuff out, guys, because I've known her. You know, we don't know each other really, really well, but... few conversations I've had with her have been really um, expansive.
1: How are you? I'm really well. I'm so happy to be here and I'm excited for folks to check out the the training. I included stuff that's near and dear to my heart. (laughs) Anyway, um, so good. I, I love that. So
0: people definitely check Lisa out where she is um, talk about a little bit about the concept of scarcity. A lot of people, it's so in- incredible to me because I'm, I'm getting ready to teach another course and people don't invest in themselves and they come from this scarcity, this lack, this fear, um, and they don't go into solutions. Mm-hmm. What is like, what do people need to understand about the scarcity consciousness and how that can keep them in problems and not help them go into solution?
1: Yeah, so the, the first thing to be thinking about is scarcity is actually a condition. It's not just a belief system. Like It has a lot to do with the biology of how we're constructed and trying to take care of ourselves and get the resources that we need to stay alive. So there's a lot of just that lizard brain that kicks in no matter what. Then we add in trauma and we add in other stuff or just the, way, the world that we live in is very scarcity based to begin with. And so what ends up happening is, you know, there've been research studies on it. First is, is when we're in scarcity. So we get triggered to think there is not enough. Like just that one thing starts, a you know, a ball in motion. And the first thing that can happen from being like, there's not enough, there's not enough. And we get emotional about it. We lose 14 points of IQ. It is like losing a full night's sleep. So we're making decisions from, you know, not as smart as we would like to be. We also, instead of looking at the whole spectrum of possibilities, we just see a tunnel. So we just see like one option, like there's only one option to solve this problem. So all of that is happening. And I think what I've learned and why mindfulness is so important in having a meditation practice and being aware is we need to have a split second where we're like, oh, I'm about to respond to this situation from a scarcity standpoint. And if I don't stop my behavior and don't make any decisions, just stop in my tracks, it's probably not going to be for my best, you know, in my best interest. So this applies to purchase decisions. It applies to, you know, trying to, um, you know, decide if I should put something on credit or if I should pay for cash for it. Like so many things that, we do on a daily basis, should I buy this thing or should I wait? If we're making a decision because we need it and we're afraid right there, we need to like stop and say, I refuse to buy this if I'm feeling that this is the only way out because I am actually being activated from a scarcity standpoint. I'm going to give myself 24 hours or three days is even better. And until that happens, I will not make a decision because I need to go back into homeostasis and make a decision from that place, not from fear. And so what do marketers do, right? They trigger all this stuff to happen. And it's really sad because there's a lot of people that spend money and they're like, what happened to me? And it's like, this is what happened to you. Yeah. I I love that because, um, it makes me think of
0: like certain marketing tools to talk to the scarcity brain to get people to purchase. and and I know you, you you're like me where we when we invest in ourselves when I invest in myself and I'm buying a program, I don't come from that place anymore like this is the answer to everything. because when I did, it was that scarcity it was the fear and the program definitely was never the answer. Mm-hmm. It's more to, better it's so much better to come from that place, like you said, the homeostasis where you're like,'m I'm, I'm doing this. this is good for me. And whether the program gives me results or not never mattered because just the, just by me making that decision expanded me. Mm-hmm. So I love yeah. that. I have to ask you a question. Does all of these principles, do they um, roll out into all other areas of your life? Because it feels like such a solid foundation that you teach.
1: Yeah, totally. Um, you know, f- when we tune into the chakras, I will say, um, in like human design, for example, I'm uniquely built, and I can say that because I've seen like probably 500 human design charts. I am open in the splenic center and then completely defined and rock solid with no channels in the root center. So, what that means is that. I am totally clear at kicking in my root chakra and being like, this is what you need to do. But I'm also with the Open Splenic Center, I am like feeling everyone's fear. So my psychic powers come through the fear center, which has been hard in a year of pandemic because I feel everything Mm -hmm. that all my 22 years of work have allowed me to notice what someone else's and what's mine and manage that. But what's happening is, and then, and then I'll also add I'm rock solid in the heart chakra. So the way I teach is like root chakra, heart chakra, root chakra, heart chakra. And then the splenic center is guiding me to see where people afraid and where they letting fear run their lives. And they're not in they're They're literally held in a prison rather than living freely because of that fear. I love that. What's the splenic center? Is that a human design thing? Yeah, it is. It's, um, yeah, totally. It's a human design thing. And it's, um, yeah, it's just like the fear center. Like we all have a fear center and it's really not pleasant to not know about this. Cause I didn't know about it for 50 years of my life. But when I got the message, it was like, it explained like my whole life flashed before me and it was like, oh, that's why you are the way you are.
0: <laughs> that's great. So now the root chakra and the heart chakra, what do they represent to you? Cause we like, I, mm-hmm. I teach different chakra things too. And I want to hear from you because I love how, I love how you marry the two. I think they're so super important and I would love to hear what they represent for you.
1: Yeah. So the root chakra in the context of money is all about having a regular stream of consistent income that is predictable and we know where it's coming from. And this doesn't mean that we have to have a job, but it does mean that there's a lot of value in having a baseline, even as a business owner, to know that a certain number of you know dollars are going to come in on a monthly or annual basis. So that's where I see it most important, it deals with kind of our fierce fears, you know, worse fears sort of thing. And, the, and then each of the other chakras have different things that the heart chakra is about giving and receiving. So this complete cycle that they need to be in harmony, that we can't give, give, give and not receive, 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 that they need to be in unison and unity. And so learning about how many people it's far easier to give than it is to receive because we've received all these religious messages that it's better to give than to receive, which is BS. And so that's the heart chakra. Lisa, let's talk about that because we have to. (laughs) So,
0: um, and I'm going to go to some of the other questions. I'm loving this conversation. It's so wonderful. Um, So let's talk about, I'm not sure if you ever see this. I don't see this anymore since I've kind of worked on it on my own side, but Jesus didn't charge, so why should you? (laughs) (laughs) I guess you never heard that one,
1: huh? I hadn't.
0: (laughs) Yeah, they really, you know, the universe really attacked my Christian belief system there, and I had to really work on that one. Then I worked it, and I don't hear it anymore.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I mean, it's not that I don't hear... The stories, even today, there was one that um, somebody said, Well, I want to join your program and I'd love to do a trade. And I was like, Wow, I hadn't heard that one for a long time. But I was like, It doesn't work that way. You know, like if we establish a price for something, um, that is the price. And if The the problem with trade, which I think people who earn uh, not very much money, they love trade. And I haven't had enough time to think completely about it. But what I will say is it creates leaky energy because it's not always in alignment. And the reason we use money is that we're not having to get into, you know, what is $1 worth to me and what is $1 worth to you? And it's, it's ugly. And I think it's one of those self-sabotaging things that we can do that don't really take care of us and doesn't take care of other people. It's like, go to the money, work out the money. There's always going to be a money exchange and have trade be your last possible resort. If you, if you can't, cause it opens up other stuff.
0: Is part of what you do. I love what you said about that because I feel the same way about trade. Your- um, is part of what you do. Do you feel like you love money? Like you have a really solid relationship with it, and do you see it as a? Is it a separate entity? Is it energy? How do you see it? Like, yeah. Talk to me a little bit about that.
1: So yes, I love money just like I love a bird or a tree or the sky or the sun. I love it because it's a it's me seeing something and whatever I see is projecting myself back to me. So I see everything as the same. It's if I want to feel love to money, then I feel that energy coming back. And it's just literally my heart, you know, going out there in the world. Now, it isn't always easy when we're doing something like a mortgage refinance or something to be like, this is love, this is love, this is love. (laughs) But I do have fun with it and I do feel this sense of freedom around it. And I do love the choices that it brings into my life. And, and so to me, money is about freedom and choice and decision and clarity and, and for that reason, I have a lot of fun with it. Does that help? Completely helps. I love
0: it. Um, yeah, no, I love that answer. I love how you, you equated it to nature too, because when we talk about like, what's the difference between, I know I'm going a little bit off your questions, but I'm loving okay. this conversation. What's the difference for you between abundance and money? Is there a difference? Do they work together? How do they work together?
1: Yeah, so... I think that there's a difference in that, um, you know, I do really see money as a piece of paper. There's a certain number involved. Like I am looking at my net worth. I'm also looking at net worthiness, which is where the chakras play in. Like, what is that for each of us? And abundance is when I think when I think of abundance in my model, it's all about the the crown chakra. And this is when we're connecting into the divine, we're connecting into like giving and grace and how that shows up in our lives. Like the more we give, the more we receive back, the more abundance there is in the world, that it's just this multiplying thing that's up to us to start the conversation off that way. Love that. So then let's go
0: to the story because a lot of what you're talking about are, um, I'm going to dumb it down because it's your expertise, not mine, belief systems and stuff like that. So when, when it comes to people having money stories, and I have a big money story, so, and it sounded like you did too. How can that hurt us? How can that help us? And I'm going to ask a follow up question to that. So we grew up poor too. And there was a lot of divorce and a lot of financial fighting, you know, to just even get some money out of my father can that story help you as well as it, it hurt me for many years, but do you feel like it can help you as well? And can you change your story to help you? Yeah. They threw a lot of questions in there. Sorry. I just-
1: <laughs> no, it's okay. I'm going <laughs> to trust whatever's coming through. <laughs> um, so, so probably best to explain it in the form of a shadow, because that's what's coming through right now is when I was young, I thought it was gonna solve all my problems if I had a lot of it. And so what I did was I became pretty darn greedy and selfish and focused on if I have a lot of it, then I'll be fine. And that's all that I wanted to create. And so when I, you know, five, six, seven years ago, when I started my business, I came up across this shadow of greed. And I realized, you know, in healing that shadow, and the reason the greed thing had come up, just to give a little backstory, is that when I was growing up, my parents were terrible with money and my brother was terrible with it. So they would treat me like a bank and they'd come. And after a while, I was like, you can't have my money. Like, And I'd hide it. And, and then they'd be like, you're so selfish. You're so greedy. And so I believed the story. And it wasn't until I found out about shadow work, right? And, and this greed shadow came out and I'm just like sobbing and asking myself the questions that you go through when you realize these things. And it was like, wait a minute, I need to heal this. And the only way is to notice that I have created the most amazing life financially with that Unhealed belief. And granted, now I've come here and I'm not wanting to live according to the same values that I did before. But damn, did it help me take care of my family? My children will never have to worry like I did growing up. They have had these like incredible lives with choices and travel and privilege and so many cool things. And we don't fight about money. Like I have erased all of that from my, you know, my future and, you know, kids and their kids, like I stopped it. So because I had it, I learned how to heal it and I allowed myself the grace of that. The greed had helped me and I just didn't need it anymore. And I still notice sometimes like, oh, you could really give more. Like I'll remind myself of things and I'm like, yeah, I can. You know, it's not like it just goes away completely, but it has totally helped my life. And it's why I'm such a good teacher that, that I went through those struggles and now I can help people who are like, oh, I could never admit that I was greedy, but here you are talking about it and it's okay. And you're, and you're making it okay for me. And I'm like, great, or this is how it helped me.
0: <laughs> I, I love this, Lisa. I love everything. Um, and I know it's speaking to them. I'm not looking at what they're doing right now because I'm afraid to do anything on my computer. <laughs> Uh, So let's talk a little bit more about beliefs and self-worth and what the connection is between beliefs and self-worth.
1: Yeah, so um, sacral chakra to me has a lot to do with feelings of worthiness. And the way that I kind of came to that is that in the sacral chakra, it's all about feelings. And I noticed that people, especially in the West, are very, very cut off from their feelings and when we're cut mm-hmm. off from our feelings, we end up getting into debt. We like spend more money trying to heal or feel better about ourselves, you know, and hoping if we buy that purse or those gorgeous shoes that that will make us feel better. Um, and so when we tune into worthiness, we just notice that, There are a lot of things that, that we're listening to stories and programming that tell us that we're less than, and the, in the sacral chakra different than the Mm. upper chakras, it's about tuning into your feelings. It's about tuning into your sense of worthiness. And then when you start to notice that the part of the reason you feel less than is that you're, you've denied yourself from just feeling the feels it opens up all these possibilities of of realizing that you are everything you ever dreamed of. Like you are at the very least becoming the person you've always wanted to be. And you are taking care of yourself every single day to get there. And the worth is lim- is it's there's just no question about it like you are priceless it's not even a conversation you should be having but because we're having it we're learning how to let go of all of that and come into this place of i'm home i'm priceless there is no question of my worthiness or value but that's a journey and <laughs> that's that's kind of when we don't feel worthy we treat money accordingly
0: so what's interesting to me, and I'm gonna read one of the questions in a little bit because I'm I'm seeing something that somebody wrote. I a lot of what you're talking about is consciousness too, being very conscious to your behavior, to how you are receiving and how you're not on your spending, and also that self-worthiness. Like you're very conscious of everything that's playing out. Do you teach your students how to be conscious to like when they're about to spend money, what they're feeling? Like, is that something that you do with them?
1: Yes. It's, it's like anything that could come up on the whole spectrum of possibilities. I found that the teaching goes so deep that it's much better just addressing it as the questions come up, you know, because like you said earlier, this, I'm teaching it through the lens of money, but what I'm teaching applies to every single aspect of life it just, I just happen to know a lot about money. And so it ends up coming out that way. But a lot of it just needs to be in the moment specific for the person and the, and the challenge that they're facing. Because I think the problem is with, with money, there are so many shadows. We don't even know they're there and we'll read something and we'll miss it because the, the bias and the, and the belief system keeps us from actually understanding what's what's being taught.
0: Yeah, I understand that. I'm going to read this thing, this response. So uh, actually, I'm going to share my screen so you can read it with me just in case my computer is doing its thing. So you can see Paula right here. She says, sometimes it's not scarcity. It's working within a budget so that purchasing beyond our means doesn't cause more stress. If someone only has $100 left in their bank account and has already purchased courses that they are still working on, to improve themselves, then other courses will have to wait. Food and shelter come first. We can't assume what another situation is. I'm hearing a belief in here. I'm curious if you can respond to this, what your experience of this is. And everybody's open here to hear feedback.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so I can uh, continue to share. Do you want me to continue to share? So yeah. You can see let that? me, let me see that. Cause, uh, sure. yeah, I hear what you're saying. Um, So I think that there's an interpretation here of like what we're talking about. And that might be what you're picking up on, Marilyn, because uh, we haven't even gotten into the practical aspects of like how I teach what I teach. But let's be clear, like I teach about money management. I teach people about how to pay attention closely to how much money is coming in and how much money is going out. We used a tool called YNAB and It isn't like the reason that what's being stated here for by Paula is maybe different than the conversation we're tuning into is that at the end of the day, what matters more than anything is that you are living in accordance with your values and no one else can tell you how to do that. When we're consciously aligning with our values and our money, you know, as part of that, then our life looks very different it has nothing to do with how much money is being spent. It's about you coming in alignment with your values and then you deciding how much to spend because it's in alignment with what matters to you most. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, it does. She's talking about the she, Yes. But the thing that I'm picking up, Paula, and I believe you are too, is that she says food and shelter come first. Of course it does. I agree with everything you said, Lisa. But I also think that there might be, and I might be wrong, a limited consciousness here of how much more she can earn or make. So for me, if I'm living in limit, say I want something and I'm like, I can't afford that now, but that's something I want. I start going into solution now. How can I get that without going into debt, without not being able to pay my mortgage? So my brain, because I've had a lot of this stuff that you're teaching, which I think, by the way, Lisa's book, I'm going to share this again. We're going to share Lisa's website go to that course because everything she's sharing is going to benefit you guys greatly. It changes your life. What she is talking about is not just, financial um, stuff it's it's so important she goes to the root of the
1: issues lisa go ahead i didn't mean to cut you off honey i just wanted to say that to everyone yeah 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 so totally 100% what you said and and this is probably the the thing that you and i are doing and sometimes we don't even realize that we're different about this but but because you brought it up you're making me think like i am always going to look at where could more money be coming from? Like, where is that possible? And I won't stop until I find it. Like, I'm like the squirrel looking for the acorn. And for example, I'll give you is it okay if I give a little example of even the past you 90 can, days? You can do whatever you
0: want, sweetie. Please. So,
1: You're the insane. pandemic, my husband and I, we, he's in construction. We do real estate. Um, We have Airbnbs here in Sedona. We have a commercial real estate building. Um, you know, we have, we, we, we have a lot of resources, but the thing that the pandemic did is that, you know, that it shut down Airbnbs and our income was shifted. And we definitely got put in that washing machine that I often talk about where you're spinning around and you're like, wait a minute, I thought I did everything right. And here we are. And so in the course of this past year, about 90 days ago, I looked at my husband and I was like, I think that if we could have another Airbnb on this lot next door to us that happened to be open, uh, it'd be a game changer. Like we wouldn't have to do anything else. Like I don't have to do the job if I don't want to do it. You don't have to do anything like that would give us well over six figures of regular income, consistent, even if it was rented out full time, not Airbnb. And. He wasn't sold on it, but I created my plan of action. And I'm like, this is how it can happen. We need some financing. We need to get this guy to sell us this lot, like very specific things. Now that money didn't exist until it came into my thought. And I started planning and creating resources and convincing my husband of what we needed to do. And by golly, I mean, I was able to secure financing for a whole bunch of money in a very short amount of time in a pandemic when the mortgage like terms were totally crazy but i was like a pit bull like i am not gonna let go of this until i get what i want and sure enough we were able to buy the lot we were able to get the financing we were able to get my my daughter. I mean, this is just crazy stuff. My daughter isn't very happy in her EMT job in San Luis and her husband, her boyfriend is a, is a firefighter in Cal Fire. And this past year was rough. And I was like, could you two quit your jobs and come live in our guest house while we build the house next door? And you learn how to build a house. And then once dad teaches you how to do that, then you'll have that for the rest of your life. And they were like, it took it like a week, and then they came back and they're like, "Yes!" And so then all the stress for my husband went away, and all of a sudden they're going to be here in a month, and they're super excited, and we're super excited, and we're going to literally probably make just net worth wise a couple hundred thousand for one year, you know, with no taxes because you know you you build it and you just sit on that asset, and the resource is going to create about a hundred thousand dollars in income with very little activity. I mean, it's not completely passive, but it's pretty darn close. That was done in like 90 days. Now people, and then, and there were scary moments where I did not think it was going to happen. Mm-hmm. There were so many times where I was like, Oh my gosh, if this doesn't work, I'm actually creating more stress for our family. I had to take a risk. I had to, get a whole bunch of people to come and be a part of it. And yet it worked out. And I don't think people understand that money doesn't just fall from the sky. Like we create a plan and it happens when we're really feeling good, like feeling aligned with what we're we're putting in motion. I love that. And I
0: love the fact that, you know, you really have to listen to what Lisa says. It's really good. And the way you teach with your chakras too allows people to get aligned. They're not only addressing one, a one-dimensional conversation with money, they're having a multi-dimensional conversation with money through the work that you do. And it, that just feels so good to me. I'm going to take questions. I just want to, because I think they're going to benefit so much more from us hearing from them. But before we do that, I just want to make sure... Uh, Let me ask this question because you wrote this question, which is really, really good. And by the way, we're going to share Lisa's website is wealthclinic.com, wealthclinic.com. Definitely check out her class, check out her website. She's got a podcast. If she starts a membership in money, that's great. We don't usually advertise other memberships on our things, but I don't really care because I think this can help a lot of you. She has an Art of Abundance podcast, Mindful Millionaire podcast. She's got tools on there. So definitely check that out. And we will have that on the um, replay email as well as in the website. But my question is, because I like this question, for someone struggling with money and other issues in their life, what are a few things they can do today that will help them?
1: Mm-hmm. So uh, I heard a story recently, um, and I think it goes for this conversation. It also goes to something that the person that we were following way back Um you got to have a growth mindset rather than a fixed mindset. Like this is super important. And one story I heard recently that I think really hits this home is um, there's lots of different types of learning that we can do. So you can do learning where you're interested in it, or you can do learning where you're committed to it. There's a story of Tony Robbins and some other coach and they're talking. And Tony was like, you learn for learning's sake, you love learning. And he's like, I love learning to implement that's the difference between us. I implement after I learn. And so I feel like the fixed, you know, thinking and the learning for learning's sake are not going to take you where you want. Like you've got to turn over to this growth mindset combined with, I'm going to implement when I learn things. Like I'm not just going to let it sit in the back of my mind. I'm going to find a way to put this to use. And I'm only going to consume information that I want to put into effect. Does that? Yes. That's. Yes. And what I love about that, because I've been talking a lot to them about that, we need to be,
0: um, we have the power, we have the structure We're able, we have to make those commitments and those decisions. You're not waiting, like you said, for money to fall out of the sky. You make the commitment,
1: you make the plan and you move forward. I love that. Um, there's, there's one other thing that's coming up. I feel like it's helpful sure. to note um, the difference between unattachment versus attachment and like being able to notice that you can set goals and you can set goals without being attached to a certain outcome, because I do feel like that won't necessarily come through in what we've already shared. But like, I didn't know what was gonna happen 90 days ago, but I was willing to move forward and see what possibilities could come through. And I live my life that way all the time. A lot of things that I come up with don't look exactly like I thought in the end, and I'm okay with that. I just know that I, I have a lot of fun with creating, and I also totally believe in letting go of super ridiculous grasping attachment to outcomes. So that was the other thing.
0: We say, I say that all the time because you're bracketing also. What, what spirit may have for you usually is so much bigger than you can even imagine, so I am so glad that you addressed that. It's really true. So Paula, I'm not sure what your no means. If you're still watching on Facebook, please do write back in and let us know. Anybody who has questions Felicia, Lisa right now, this is the time to ask. You know, um, she is like, this is brilliant. I'm learning so much about my money relationship. I'm loving this. Sandra says, emotions are coming up. She's speaking my language. Um, so if anybody has questions right now, if not, I will keep asking, but I just want to check. You know, Lisa, this is such an important conversation to have, especially now because so many people got, you know, so many people did get affected by COVID and how did anybody ever, any of your clients come to you with, like, I know a restaurant owner here who said he lost 85% of his business and I'm wondering if he got the EDIL loan, the PPP loans. Like, I don't know. I, I'm not judging it. I'm like, here, take more money. You know, I'm trying to tip them higher. but. I also know that there's something going, and I'm sure, I would love to know your feeling about this, actually, that there's something else going on that's pushing us in another direction, if that, you know, whatever's happening. How did you address financial issues that people are having with COVID? How it the the emotional, energetic, psychic part of it? Does that make mm-hmm. sense? It does. And you can you can answer anything you want, like it doesn't matter.
1: Yeah. It's It's been a very interesting journey. And I think I've learned a lot over this past year. I live in Sedona, which kind of got torn up pretty bad in spiritual communities this year, kind of which camp are you in, you know, masks, no masks, like all this stuff. And I think that once I got solid in myself, I just noticed that, that it, that all roads just kept leading me. And I think the people that come and hang out with me back to our center that we had to work harder to find the center, but that, that once we did that, we became more unshakable than maybe we've ever been in our whole entire life. So I feel like it did get torn and tossed and like, but at the end of the day, I think that these times are causing people to return to the things that matter most. Like I would say values, making more clarity in what you do truly believe, and then staying really confident and steady in the values that you have. So if your value is that I am going to choose abundance, um, then the work, which I feel like I was doing all this year for myself, was noticing the fear pattern and then moving towards abundance and like noticing what, what the choices look like when you're in scarcity and what the choices look like in abundance and the fact that you can choose which one you're going to habitate in. And I think that's lifelong work, but I just saw a lot of people get, um, just you know couldn't get out of the negativity and so the negativity spirals down it doesn't there's no way out of the negativity itself it's just if you can look at it and say well how can I learn from this how can I transform it how can I transmute it then you turn in and you're much stronger when you come back to abundance and you say okay this is what I'm going to build and it's caused people to be more creative I think and look deeper into how do I make money how do I charge, how can I increase my prices in the middle of a pandemic, you know, like they've had to ask these questions. And I mean, I'm charging more in programs, you know, than I probably even thought that I would ever do. And it all happened during these times because the things that I'm teaching, I'm also, ai mean, I'm a business coach probably more than I am even on the money side. And I just noticed that all these businesses were not equipped to be able to make a profit Mm -hmm. and have a consistent income. And I was like, I have to use these skills to help people because I see that they're getting not good information out there. They're being taken advantage of. These scarcity tactics are being used. And I felt like I could offer a solution. And so that was kind of my response to it. I was like, what do you, how can I be of greatest service to the world? And that was what came through. And I think other people are doing the same thing.
0: I love that because when you express your answers, they're very grounded. And I think that that's super important. And I I think that speaks to the work that you do with your chakras, because again, it just goes back. Your answers are very grounded in yourself and very practical. And they make a lot of sense to me. And what I would say to something you said, so I grew up in a lot of fear with money. I noticed it last night, now I make a good income. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm starting to track expenses and income because a lot of times you make money in your business and you're not, I mean, I have a bookkeeper and everything, on QuickBooks. Now I'm paying attention every single day because I want more profit. So what Lisa's talking about is super important. And I think to get in, I'm gonna say two things real quick. Get it, because I know Sandra's on here. A few people are starting a business. Getting in on the ground up, understanding this stuff, It's so much better than being in my position where you're starting to figure it out after you've been in business for a while. But the thing that I noticed, Lisa, for me, and I had to give up fear around money, it's in my body. It's in my being because it's how I was raised around money, a lot of fear. And it came up again last night. And I'm like, what am I, what am I doing? This is not even real. So do you ever notice that some people have just a mechanism where they just go to it when it's not even
1: true? Oh, like they're afraid of money. Totally. I think most everyone that comes to hang out with me feels that way. Like I just did a retreat last weekend virtual and I'm always amazed, you know, people are very self-conscious about what you're talking about. Very mm-hmm. self-conscious. And and I'm so used to talking about it all the time. I'm like, nothing could faze me. But when people are sharing it for the first time in a group of people, it's, it's like oh my gosh, you know, like I've never been even willing to look at this much less share this with 40 people, you know, but here I go world. And that's healing. Like like just being able to share that we see the problem. We see the root underlying cause for why these patterns exist. And I'm like, you know, girlfriend, boyfriend, like you're on the road to recovery. It's not like magic And it's like magic once you figure it out, because that's when the healing starts to happen naturally. Love that.
0: Lisa, what do you want to leave us with? And the name of your book again, too, is I'm sorry. I don't have that yeah, screen. Yeah, huh? yeah, no, it's OK. So
1: I'll grab this. The name of our book is The Mindful Millionaire. The Mindful Millionaire. It's yeah. in bookstores. You can get it on Amazon. And it's not like it's not for the faint of heart. But um, it, but yes, it's totally worth the read. The first part is super easy to read. Then you get into the practice, which is kind of like um, the artist's way. But it's like the journey, eight steps of questions and everything you need to do to work on this stuff yourself uh, for the price of less than 20 bucks. So, and it's, I recorded the audiobook as well and it's really high quality. So that's another option. That's great. And is there anything that you would like to leave us with? Uh, just that you are limitless, that you are abundance, that it's your job to find your pathway to it, that it is part of you. It's already there. It's just some stuff that's kind of blocking the vision. And even if it takes the rest of your life, it's totally worth every bit of energy and investment and of time, you know, that you put into it. It's worth it. And you're worth it.
0: That's such a great answer because it it begins and ends with you. So I love that. Thank you, Lisa, so much. Thank Thank you you for doing a lesson. Um, And thank you, everyone, for joining us. So wasn't that amazing? I love the people. I I just love them that they all come in and do these incredible classes and membership for your soul. You can read about membership for your soul at joinsoul.com and check it out. You can see all the incredible teachers we've had in that program and continue to add into that program. Um, It's just really a great place, a great community to support you in your gifts and to help you grow. And uh, we don't do that competitive thing in there. We're like, go girl, go, go boy, go boy. We do have mixed, um, we do have males and females in there. So just so you know. All right, so last week I asked you to think of a question and you came up with uh, three things and I gave you a reading. And then um, maybe you didn't go to that one, so you'll want to go back there and listen to the reading of uh, episode 24, Creepy Psychic Kids. This one, I asked you to pick a flower. So many times when you're doing readings, what I want you to do is think of the next question. I'm not going to get into too much in this episode because it's already long enough, but I will be teaching down the line the dot, dot, dot technique. So whatever question you have based on maybe the last question you asked and got a reading for, or maybe based on this incredible interview you just heard heard. I'm not, you know what? I'm done. I'm sorry. I, I'm not editing anything out anymore. This is it. This is me guys. All right. So think of that question. I'm going to even do it because I channel these answers and I forget. Mm, got it. All right. So pick, close your eyes and you're either going to see the word, you're going to hear it, or you're going to see the flower. Daisy, tulip, or rose. Pick one. Daisy, tulip, or rose. Daisy, tulip, or rose. Okay, if you pick Daisy. Someone in spirit that loves you, wants you to know they are around and they're here to help you. Whisper to them and share your thoughts and wishes. Feel their love. Daisy is asking you to stop hiding and allow yourself to be seen and heard. Shed the layers of fear. Embrace the light. Follow your dreams. Whenever you're in doubt, imagine a Daisy in your heart and let its energy fill you up. Daisy knows you're capable of so much more than you're allowing in. Open the door and let the light in. Then do something fun. Skip, jump rope, sing a full song. Do something joyful. Oh, sing a fun song. Do something joyful. Daisy is reminding you to play. Stop being so serious about your life. Go find a great book, grab a cup of tea, curl up somewhere and read it. Don't waste your time scrolling through social media, unless you're on my Facebook page. That's not in there. Sorry, I had to throw that in as a side note. Don't waste your time scrolling through social media. Instead, spend it wisely by listening or learning something new. You are here to bring light to others. That's your little ending line. You are here to bring light to others. Don't worry, these answers are in the show notes so you can reread it. Alright, next one was Tula. Celebrations are in order. Something big is about to happen. You worked hard for this moment. Allow the opportunities into your heart. Don't sabotage them. Know you deserve the greatness that you've been praying for. You're ready to meet this incredible experience and share your soul with others. Allow love in. Think about your biggest dreams, day and night, and feel them flowering in your heart, your soul. Ground into the earth in a new way. Stand tall. Stand proud. You're ready for this moment. Now go out and meet it. Anything is possible. You are here to stand in your power and share your essence with others. Rose. Spend more time in nature. Spend time doing things you love. Look at your day and ask yourself, how much of it are you spending doing things you love? If you aren't enjoying your life, know you can change it. You have the ability to create change in your life. Do not wait for outside resources to show up. Decide to change and do it now. Allow yourself to dream big. Dream into the future. Write that book you've been wanting to write. Share that story you want to share. Speak your truth to yourself and others. You are here to spread joy. So that's my little reading for you. I have another thing. Next week, you are going to pick river, ocean, or lake. So you may have heard all of this and been like, why didn't I get tulip? I know sometimes like if I, I don't remember what I picked, um, but if I like picked something else and I'd be like, well, I want celebrations are in order. doesn't mean you're not going to have tulip a week from now. Just because you didn't get tulip today, if that's what you wanted. So you can always come back and play it. You'll think you remember them, but you don't. So next week, uh, we're going to have another incredible interview. Really amazing woman. And, uh, but you're also going to hear about River, ocean, or lake. You're going to pick one of those. All right, guys. I will see you next week. Have fun. Enjoy yourself. And remember to share and rate this podcast, especially on Apple, apparently. Apparently, it's really important to do it on Apple. So go on Apple. And, and you all should do this for me after the terror they put me through today and yesterday and being on the phone for so long. Apple, five stars. If you can, if you're willing. All right. Talk to you soon. Bye.